Hi, welcome to another edition of the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark. Hello, I am Paul. And we've got another guest today. Hey, this is a big guest. Big guest. This is a big guest. Huge guest. Big guest. This is former Portsmouth Smugglers. And we're going to do it. We're going to do him twice, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, we're going to do the uh, like an overview of the Kestrels game. Absolutely. And then we're going to delve deeper into the man known as Ryan Payne. Absolutely. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So for those who don't know Ryan, we're talking former Solent Stars Div 1, former Portsmouth Smugglers Div 2, former Red and Rockets Div 1, GB Maxi 40s Plus. And that's that's the short version of the list. That is the short version. Yeah, there's a few more stops on the way Excellent. we'll get into. You've been around a bit, haven't you? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> so, well... Let's get into this. So, Ryan, what what was your take on Portsmouth Force? Let's start with like the actual venue and and the atmosphere. What, what were your thoughts? I, I thought the venue was great. Um, we we was talking a little bit of that offline. You know, only having one set of bleachers is you know is a little bit of a drawback. It would be great if you could get more people in there because I think the show you guys are putting on and and the team. I think you could you could get a lot more people in there. It would be a great thing for. For, for that team and for Division 3 basketball because you don't see many teams that have that kind of following. So, yeah, I think, I think it was great. Paul would like to uh, get rid of all the badminton courts, if possible. Uh, you, you know what? I know Brian's <laughs> going to back me up here. I'd get rid of all the lines other than basketball lines. <laughs> yeah. We don't have many courts like that in the UK. Obviously, you know, in fairness to Kestrels, they've got one, but I don't know how long that's going to last for now. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah, well, we'll probably get into that a little bit more later. Um, but obviously the link with the university isn't as strong as it as it was, which is part of the reason why they dropped down from Division One this year. Um, they still got access to the gym at the moment. They still practice there. They still have some of the teams playing in there, but they don't have the full support of the uni like they did, you know, in their crazy run through Division One and the BBL trophy and stuff like that. So okay, well we definitely yeah, we'll, need to we'll go into, into that. that. For, for Ryan's episode for sure but it is nice I mean Ravelin's a lovely venue and they've done yeah. it so well it is just strange that they didn't put a central court or even actually have it the court twisted left to right yeah absolutely but you, could, you think you could easily just have another set of bleachers that wheel out yeah I mean like I say it, I mean I played there the week before against uh, like one of your local league teams no you Nash- played against the force we played well yeah not not the whole team though no. there was a few extra guys at the national league um game but or the friendly game um but yeah it's a nice place to play nice you know nice court nice place um and yeah you guys are doing a great job uh, it's the first time i've been i've definitely come back so oh that's yeah, good yeah that's good absolutely the, the, the one thing it was always is it always interesting which i think we do a little bit different is the in-game sounds yeah, so we really try to Americanize it. Yeah, so my my partner Andrea was uh, was down the, on the end line, and you were playing different music, and she was trying to get involved. And it's like everybody <laughs> clap your hands, and she was doing it. And she's looking around, and nobody was doing it with her. Yeah, she was, <laughs> but yeah, it was great. It was, I, I, you know, I think that was British fans the don't score. get it. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we we've been saying this. I think I think the score line contributed to that in the yeah. second half. I think definitely um, when, when the when there's a pace of a game and things are moving, whichever team. Once, you know, there's baskets flowing and the ball's moving a lot and there is some pace to it, sometimes it can be a bit of a frustrating end to end. Yeah. But when things are happening, uh, there's one point that the mascot got started everyone clapping 
and, and then and then it was a case of oh yeah uh it, that wasn't our team that scored but yeah sure everyone clap anyway it doesn't matter but, <laughs> yeah he got, he got the opposition clapping <laughs> yeah but it still makes the atmosphere good did yeah. you like the mascot yeah absolutely he came in front of us a couple of times he was uh yeah it was novel you don't see many at like say division three you don't see anything like that yeah he, so. that was his first game that was his first game i think he did a good job yeah yeah, yeah the one thing that that one thing that happened last year that we did that didn't work as well this year it was one thing what was that we turned the lights off but right. when we did that it was closer to the christmas time so it right. was darker so it's dark and yeah and when oh. i turned them off it was still too light outside and because it was too light it didn't oh i just assumed you didn't turn it all the way down no no it's just because the skylights are all there and it was still all the natural light coming yeah, through yeah there's a lot of glass isn't there yeah absolutely Oh, right. I didn't. I, I just didn't. I thought you no. just turned it down no, not no. all the way. Wasn't a foul here. I thought it was a health and safety thing you were doing there, Mark. No, no absolutely. Me? No. <laughs> oh, wow. So, what, what were your thoughts on, on the actual game, Ryan? I mean, I thought I, I was really surprised at how quickly the force came out. They hit, you know, they played some really nice basketball to start the game. I think they they threw the first punch. Um, and I don't think Kestrels were ready for it, to be honest. I, I thought, you know, they shot the ball really well which obviously helped them um force i mean um and then immediately up pressure pressure in full court and you know forcing the tempo that way um and i, and I like the way they play they you know they were running dribble handoffs and and you know really getting each other involved and seemed to be celebrating each other when they were doing well um maybe just you know particularly in the second half kestrels came out they've got a few veterans that have played you know to a high level and they kind of steadied the ship down and took the air out of the game for, for, for Portsmouth really and then put their own own stamp on it towards the end of the game they had some guys that made some pretty big plays that just kind of took the air out of the out of the game for Portsmouth I think that's what, that's what I saw Mark that is why Ryan's on the show yeah because he says stuff like that he just summed the game up yep. in one minute perfectly yep. absolutely that is why he's on this show absolutely I mean that that yeah, couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said it better. Just for those who are listening, but they don't maybe appreciate sometimes the differences between the standards, as you yeah. said, some of the, the, the veteran players. What does a veteran player add to a team when you are, say, down, for example? What is it that sort of veteran would add? I mean, I, I, particularly with the Kestrels, I, I look to a guy like Elliot Dads. Um, he's obviously been around that program for a long time and nothing phases him he's just you know down 10 up 10 he's, he's just so even keel um and you can see him just calling people in you know every break in the game a free throw and he's real simple stuff getting everyone's focused on what they're supposed to be doing and you could see it you know every time firstly every time he went off the court they were a different team yeah and then you know when he came back on there's just a a level of confidence a level of sort of being at ease on the court when he's there because he just makes everything so easy for people and I, you know that for me that was the the big difference in the game you you didn't have somebody that seemed to have that calming effect is, is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, no, I agree. I think when, when, particularly in the second half, when you, when you guys were struggling to score, you needed someone to just get a good offense ran, 
and it just didn't happen. Yeah, that general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I completely agree. I, I do think the force are short of a couple of players. I think someone like Alex Grant would have made a big difference. Absolutely. Absolutely, because um, because Kestrel's particularly in the second half, they had their way in in the paint. Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. And your bigger guy would have would have caused them some problems yeah. in there. And Alex is well, he he's he's one of the he would like the the most integral players yeah. of this last season for sure. Um, I do, and when I say this, I'm all I'm just doing is reading off the notes that I made during the game. I this is this is just my opinion, and I. Just wanted to highlight before I say that. I did think the best player on the court was a Portsmouth Force player, but he wasn't playing to his to a hundred percent. And that's that's number seven, Simon Olinney yeah. Pearcoon. He went up. I mean, I've Missed never seen dunks. him miss him three dunks in yeah. a game. Those are normally boom, crowd goes nuts. Yeah. That's normally what happens. So mm. um he wasn't a hundred percent, but you know, if he was at that level that we've seen before, that would have been interesting. Oh, he's so explosive. He's so explosive. You know, that last step to the rim, you know, finishing either hand. Yeah. Yeah, you, Kestrel struggled to guard him. Yeah, explosive um, is the word I described yeah, the yeah. other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. He's, he's explosive off, off the dribble, off the first step, and then that last step to the rim is, you know, he's a problem. And when you twin that up with having, like, Alex as the big, yeah. you go... Well, which where are we where are we putting our defense? Yeah, because he's going to break it down exactly. Break, break down the defense at the point of attack, and then your 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 big guy underneath doesn't want to help because no. you've got someone there that that can get the ball and put it in. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Do but, you know what I really liked about the game? And it's not say sidetracking it, but it wasn't about everyone jacking up a three. Yeah. And I know that sounds really petty, but the way the game has gone over the last decade. You hate people just jacking up. Oh, I can't stand it because it's just so dull to watch as a thing. Yeah. And, and that's NBA. And that goes right, filters right through. You know, everyone sees the Steph effect yeah. and it's gone right through. It's fine. It all has a place and it's, you know, a devastating effect. But when it got to a point when you see some local league stuff in particular, everyone gets a ball in it. There we go. You're like three steps in the yeah. logo and off it goes. I, I can't stand playing, you know, pick up basketball now and you just run, you know, basically a third of the court. <laughs> you, you, you're not moving up and down the court at all. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, but now I'm an old head. I'm starting to, you know, not embrace new basketball. You were an old head <laughs> 20 years ago. Yeah, like like your yeah, basketball was. IQ is always the one everyone, you know, looked up to for sure. Well, I even, appreciate that. Even in the smugglers, I always remember, um, I think Alex was captain of the smugglers, wasn't he? Yeah. But Mick always asked your opinion. So he would say, right, guys, this is what we're going to do. Ryan, are you okay? Anything to add? And you'd go, we could try this, Mick. All right, good point. Let's go. That's what I always <laughs> yeah. remember. Um, so yeah, even like Mick, uh, I mean, we're talking what tw over 10 years ago, yeah, in the game just before we went to do so. He always asked for our opinion, and I always remember that standing and, out. you know. And in fairness to Alex, um, I, you know, and he's probably going to listen to this at some point, maybe. Uh, and playing against him, I used to hate Alex, as most people probably would confess to doing. But when he was on my team, he's a captain of the, on the team, and Mick's empowering me to, to sort of lead, even though I'm not the captain. Alex was completely fine with that. Yeah, he was. Um, so that speaks a lot to like the lack of ego that you need to have to, to sort of be a captain of a team. So I had a lot of time for Alex during that whole period. 
Yeah. As yeah. much as he drove me crazy at times, but yeah. And that was a great team. I always look on that Smugglers team with just like, you know, just, you know, fond memories because yeah. it was just, it was a good group of players. Yeah. Other than myself. But it was a good group of players. <laughs> There's always one. There? <laughs> There's always one. But um, in the blue badge somewhere, <laughs> haven't they? Yeah. But um, the one, some of the other notes that I, I'd made on the game, yeah. um, the Force game, Harry Bates, that was his first game. He looked, he was number 12. Um, yeah, I know Harry. I used to play with his brother, Matt. Did you Did you notice the top he was wearing at the, in the warm-up? And no, the introduction? I didn't. It was our old smugglers top. Was it really? Yeah, it was the old smuggler top. He, he, nice. wore, it. he wore it for Mick. Um, but he looked to me like he had a bit of an IQ for the game. Like, yeah. he, he, he seemed to be the, the sensible head yeah. on the court. Yeah. Um, which was really good. So it's good to see that. Um, you know, the, the, the new guys, they were all right. But the, the big note I wrote about Portsmouth, it wasn't for a lack of effort, but it really was a run and gun. Uh, that's what I wrote, run and gun, a lot of solo efforts in the second half. Um, yeah, I mean, you didn't have the commander-in-chief. There wasn't, there wasn't someone who was chock-calling the whole thing and orchestrating it in that manner. Yeah, I think... In the first half, Portsmouth ran some really nice plays and got sort of to the last six seconds of the shot clock and got an open look. And they didn't really have that in the second half. Kestrels were the ones running a 20-second offense and then getting a quality, quality look at the end of the of the shot clock. And you know, that's that takes all the energy out of your defense as well, especially when you're trying to press. If you're if you're not making shots and putting the team out on the baseline, you can't set your press up and you can't, you know, and that, and you, that, that's, that's what happened in the first half. They they were scoring, Kesh was taking the ball out on the baseline, they're able to set their press up, set up their defense, and the second half that wasn't happening. Yeah. They, I, fa they found another gear. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. they did. Well, I, I, I want to say, you know, um, head coach for the Kestrels, Jack O'Keefe, I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall for what he said to him at halftime. Because it just looked like it just... I spoke to him at halftime yeah. before he went in. Oh, so it's your fault, is it? Sorry. So hang on. No. <laughs> there Why we go. Went... Go on. Have a word. Sort them no. out. <laughs> no, I, I, I said, look, you know, these guys shot the ball really well in the first half. I was like, you can't allow them to shoot the ball like that in the second half if you want to win this game. Um, and, you know, and then on top of that, you know, you're you've walked in like you you're a Division Two team, and, and you're, gonna you're, win. And you're yeah. gonna win. Yeah, and that's how they approached the first half of the game. And in the second half, it was different. Yeah. Um. And I know Jack was so mad, swear words. You, you know the way he stalked <laughs> into the changing room. You know that they you know, lit a fire under him in the in the changing room, and they came out completely different in the second half. Look at that. I wrote against Jack. I wrote half time question mark. What's yeah. he said? Because something changed. Yeah. I, I but, don't have any idea what he just, said. To what's him, funny, Ryan, way. is th there's a there's a, a hint there of what you were saying, Paul, a while back with Mick's wording, when you said you go to Mick and say, "What am I doing wrong?" And he say, "Where are they scoring over there?" We'll stop them doing that. It's simple. And, and, and you've just broken it down exactly that same way of like, yeah. they're shooting really well. So we need to stop them doing that. Yeah. Like, they, that's it. It's There's the whole. Really simplifying yeah. what. Just funny is that same echo going from. through, isn't it? Just yeah. break it down that way. But I'd, I'd have loved to have been in the change room at halftime and listened to what Jack said. Um, you know what? I, I really like that guy. I spoke to him after the game. You know, he's level headed. 
um you know he was he was you know very talkative you know what what he thought you know went with the game what went wrong with the game and you know what i i think he's going to do well for the kestrels yeah. i hope he does anyway well, let's yeah. get jack on jack if you're listening come on we'll have a chat do you think he'll come on i'll talk to him i yeah. know he does interviews and stuff Amazing. so yeah he, he put, it's always interesting you know, to hear how people jack would take have. things on and stuff i really liked by the way number is it number 15 ash briggs the big dude yeah yeah well damn well, he was handy in then yeah he was he was handy in there wasn't he <laughs> i thought he led the charge at halftime so i reckon jack said something at halftime he look i put he is the one who stopped the momentum yeah because he i think he had two or three plays inside bam just you know just pushing stuff layups and then uh dan brought morgan into the game yeah to he's like six six, Five, six, six yeah so he then went on ash but then all of a sudden you had matt hughes yeah uh, he just he just looked consistently strong so so ash and matt play together at the itching academy and through oh, the okay. junior program so they know each other obviously they've gone off in different directions since then and come back um matt's just really clever with cutting to the basket he just seemed and, to be in the right yeah. place, right time he's, all the he's time. He's a tough guy to guard. I've played against him in in summer leagues and stuff, and he and he, he just cuts really hard to the basket. He wants the ball. He's one of those people that just finds a way of being in the right place at the right time. But that, again, that hints on the fact that the game was really fun to, like, I won't say yeah. old school to watch, but people were yeah. cutting in, people were moving, yeah. the ball was going somewhere. But it then, wasn't just... Yeah, oh, it's a stagnant game. And then also, you know, you've got to credit Ash because there's a couple of times where he's in the post and Matt makes the cut and a selfish player would have tried to force it themselves, but he, he passed, yeah. you know, to an open Matt for a layup. But he, he uh, Ash was uh, mobile. Yeah. He's a big guy. He's yeah. mobile. Like uh, normally you see someone who's quite big. Yeah. And then when they're broad, they don't always have that pivot. Yeah. And yeah, yeah he had the He did all right. It was the one thing I just thought he killed the momentum. Yeah, totally. Really killed yeah. it and swung it. Yeah. The other one, I mean, um, Ryan mentioned him earlier was Elliot Dads. He was the captain <laughs> yeah. for them. I, I just wrote he'd led the charge and he controlled the game and I did a little picture of a key. He just seemed to be the key for the Kestrels. He's um, been the key to that team for about six or seven years. He was yeah. the captain all the way through their division one run. He's just an absolute glue guy. Yeah. I can't speak highly enough about him. He's, he played on our Hamble Hornets team last year. He's he's a great guy. Okay. And uh, just one of them guys that doesn't fill up the stat sheet, but apart from the plus minus, mm. you know, oh, right. he, he's on the court. You're a different team. The the only thing I did think of him about him, and I'm not saying this um, derogatory, but is he at full fitness? No. Okay. Because I, I was watching him going. He is leading this charge here. But he looks like he could get a bit fitter and he can go up another gear. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously he didn't play National League basketball last year at all. Um, the year before that, he had a foot injury, I believe. Oh, okay. So he's been um, out of the game for a yeah. couple of years now. So well, he, before that, you got COVID, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, right. So the, it, yeah, it just looked like he needed to yeah. you know, get his fitness back. Absolutely. Throwing um, stones in glass houses there, Paul. And I, I don't think Elliot would be, Matt, he'd tell you that himself, that he's not in that he's not in Division 2 National League shape right now. Yeah. What, what's it like? Um, just, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll chat with him briefly, but uh, in, a, in a bigger sense, but just briefly, if you are playing uh, at that Division 1 and then Division 2 level, yeah. then you're playing a Division 3 team. Do you approach it any differently? 
I never did. No. Um, I suppose, you know, you it's human nature to come in with an expectation that you are a better team because you're playing at a high level and, and that you should win the game. Um, and it's it's hard to escape that, I guess. Yep. Um, but for me, if I'm a Division One player and I'm playing against a Division Three team, I want to prove every time that there's a reason why I'm playing <laughs> Division One basketball or Division Two basketball, and you're in Division Three. You know, I want to, you know. Don't just people looked always looked at me and underestimated me because I'm a you know, five foot nine, skinny white kid. Um, so I'm like, there's a reason, and but, I'm going to show you why. But that's who we had, yeah, as a leader for the smugglers. That yeah. attitude, yeah, I know. So it's great. The rest of us were just going, or oh, hang on, you know, jumping on that, going, hang on, guys, get your head in gear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even that's if you're sat on totally the bench right and coming home to give Clayton a five yeah. minutes, and breather. also with with regards to that, just be. Not all the best players play in Division One. There are still some really quality players in the lower divisions, for maybe because they're a bit older and they don't want to do the travelling, or because it's their local team and there's a group of guys that they like playing with or whatever. You know, that just be you know all, all the best players don't play in Division One. Um, the guys from playing in Division One are generally the ones trying to pursue a professional career of some description. Yeah. And not everyone's in that boat. So you can't underestimate a Division Three team. I mean, look at the, uh, is it Milton Keynes Lions? They've basically got a Division One team playing in Division Three last year. So it's got a bunch of local guys that yeah, all come home. Everyone said yeah. that. Um, and they win the playoff finals. Yeah, by now like they're in 60 points. Yeah. 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 Um, so there are always exceptions. And I just, you can't go into a game thinking that you're just going to run over someone because they're in a lower division. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, look, it's, it's like when Lakers go and visit a small market team of Magic or someone like that, and you think... Like, Sorry, Mark, did you say the Orlando Magic is a small market team? <laughs> yes, tiny. <laughs> but when they go to those places, a lot of the time you think, oh, I'm going to rest players, obviously. They've changed the rule with that now. But yeah. when they do those sort of things, it's like, oh, no, they, they all everyone is still a professional. Everyone is still top tier. It's just... It, you see it in the NBA all the time. Yeah. You know, those... Atlanta those, Hawks r pulling yeah. the rug out of someone. And, it, you think, and also, it's so much about matchups. So, so much about matchups, in, especially in like the NBA, that they're just exploiting, looking for where can we exploit a matchup. And if, you know, the worst team in the league could have a great matchup on the, the best team in the league and that can throw the game. You see, you've seen it loads of times with, you know, the one seed in the, in the playoffs loses to the eighth seed yeah. just because of the matchup. Yeah. The classic one was... This, your, this year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, the, the Heat shouldn't have been in the finals, and but they just had the matchups. It was 4-1 as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it 4-1? And Lakers and everyone going through. Yeah. Everyone going through. It's like, yeah, why is anyone here? And What's going on? Look, Mark, I just want to clarify you on something. I'm pretty confident the Lakers are going to have to be going to the Orlando with a, a strong team as they can. Anyway, there's. I'm um, just going back to the the Force Kestrels game. There's two more players for the Kestrels that I wrote notes for, and one of them definitely needs a shout out, which was uh, Russell. I don't know how to say him. Garapi is this? I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Garapi. Um, yeah, so you probably don't know this, but he's American. Oh, is he? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so he, from what I understand anyway, he's an American. He plays at Bournemouth University, has done for a couple of years. Oh, that's the guy. So he yeah. was the guy who could have been playing for the force and switched to the Keshaws last minute, I'm assuming. I don't know. There was an American player who was going between the two teams. and Right. We knew he was going to go to one of them, but... He was in it Bournemouth. Turned and into yeah. Keshaws. was a lot closer than yeah. coming here. Well, you'll love my, my note I wrote for him. I wrote, silent but deadly. <laughs> wow. He yeah. just, he just did. Really? Do, I don't, and this was the person I thought of. I'm not saying he's Kobe Bryant, but I remember when I saw Kobe Bryant play once, well, the, first, the first and only time, he was, I just thought, oh, he's all right, he's okay. And then I looked up and he's got 40 points. I'm like, well, hang on, I'm thinking he's okay and he's got 40 points. And he, it was the kind of that mentality that I thought about Russell Garropy. Like, he was just constantly chipping away you know wasn't didn't wasn't the best player that's why Tim Duncan's in my top five but just consistent because you, like people did that of Duncan they're like how is he doing and you look and go he's got 25 points what it's like yeah, yeah. You just get it get it done efficient move on no no highlight plays I mean with with Russell so again every time the game kind of became in doubt Portsmouth made a run Russell seemed to make a 15-foot shot, put it in. He was really good in the first half, making cuts to the basket. Um, he's just t timely scoring, real timely scoring, doesn't make too many mistakes. Um, yeah, he's he's a quality player. I think, you know, I mean, he, he didn't start, I think, you know, as the season goes on, I think he'll start for them. Yeah. I've got a question for both of you. What would you have done differently? with each of the teams oh do you want to go first Paul um, yeah what would I done different yeah I think this is the throw you under the bus question well <laughs> I think if one. I was Solent Kestrels if I if I was the coach I would have got their heads in the right space for the start of the game that's what I would have done different if I was the Kestrels if I was the force you know, I've been saying this for weeks. Not that anyone knows this, but I've been saying it to a few guys. I've been saying the Kestrels are coming. You need to have your heads in gear ready for them because they are going to beat you. When you're on the ground, they're going to beat you again and then they're going to laugh at you. They are coming. You, you need to be hide bloody your, ready. your distaste for the so Kestrels very For well. the force, even though you're up by, what was it, at half time? Eight? Uh, Six. I think something it was like six that. at half time, yeah. I would have been in the changing room. They are coming. They are, you know, it the they are coming for that knockout blow. Get ready for it. But in fairness, Ports have had eight players. And they were missing arguably one of their best players. Um, and their other best player is not hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, because Simon didn't start, right? Did Simon? No, no, he's, he's your um, best player. I don't remember no, him starting. Didn't start. I remember him coming off the bench. Yeah, yep. he did. He did come off the bench. Um, I think he literally got back in the Portsmouth like an hour before the or two hours right. before the game. Um, and that's why. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know what? Uh, he he still showed his quality for me. Um, but sorry, I'll let, I'll let Ryan answer your question. But that's that's that's. I think that's how I would answer. That's fair. It's fair. So, I suppose my answer for Portsmouth would be. Depends what you were trying to achieve in the game. Because I appreciate it's a rivalry game. 
but it's your first preseason game, getting ready for a, what's an important season. You sound like Coach Dan now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, if you if you were, you I mean everyone wants to win every game, but there are bigger pictures. So if if you're trying to just win that game, personally, I would have switched defenses a bit more. I would have thrown out some some zone, maybe some combination defenses, you know, triangle and two, something like that. I would have just muddied the game up, try and force Keshul to take a timeout they didn't want to take, some, something like that. You know, just try and break the momentum of the game, particularly when they were when they made a run at you. That's probably that's what I would have done. But I respect what Dan did because he's clearly preparing for a season. He knows how he wants to play defense. He wants to play full court. He wants to play pressure man to man. And and like we're going to live and die by that. That's, you know, with two practices a week, you can't be great at five defenses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, so he wants to be, I, I assume, I've never spoken to him, but just the way that he coached that game and the way that the team plays and we played against them as well, he wants to be really good in full court, man-to-man -man defense pressure. You know that if you're going to be successful, then you're going to have to be great at that defense because that's your defense. Yeah. And he was like, "Let's see whether we can defend the best team we've come across with that defense." So that's what how I would have dealt with Portsmouth. Kestrels, I probably would have played out of the. You know, we saw the success of it in the second half. I probably would have played try and played out of the post a little bit more in the first half try and I, Portsmouth were in better shape it was clear I would have tried to slow the game down not go into a fast break game in the first half and and just try to get a quality inside shot every every time which I don't think Kestrel's hit a jump shot in the first half so you know I would have tried to force the ball inside in the first half more yeah. than they did that that was you know very simple answers, I guess, but yeah. that's what I would have done. It it was a flip flop of they one play, one game, and then half time, yeah. and Kestrel's played their game, yeah. and it, it that's what happened, wasn't and, it? And basketball is such a game of adjustments, and you know the the the, the coach and the team that makes the biggest adjustments and the best adjustments is the one that's going to win. Obviously, talent comes into it, but I, I actually think talent-wise, the teams are pretty evenly matched. I don't, I don't think, you know, I think Kestrels are probably the better of the inside play and you had the better of the perimeter play. In terms of the overall talent, I think it was pretty even. Just Kestrel made, Kestrels made the adjustment in the second yeah. half. Portsmouth didn't. And, and talking about fast breaks, there is one guy I did want to mention, um, which was number four for the Kestrels. That's Aziz. 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 You know, I love the fact that he was sporting the... 70s style headband that was great but he looks like an up and coming future player for the yeah. Kestrels and he looks like he could be really good he's been on the radar since he was under 14 he's you know he was a, he was a kid that they've you know the Kestrels have known about for a long while he's now at the Itchin Academy really good kid um, so fast so good off the dribble needs to work on a jump shot a little bit you know he's he, He's going to have people laying off him, I think, because he's so small and he's he's not able to consistently knock a, a shot down at the moment. But if he if he gets a outside shot, he's going to be dynamite. Yeah, because um, he can get anywhere he wants to on the court with that dribble. He seemed to be at the pace of the force 
And what yeah. I really liked him, he when he was driving in and he was literally right under the basket and bam, it was straight out to the three-point line. Um, reminded me a bit like you, actually. He's been, I think he's a bit to, faster than me. It was that little, that little nudge and coming back. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he was good. Um, and then I, I suppose Patrick Elagues, his fitness levels for the force. I mean, he's up there, isn't he? Is he's that number super nine? Super fit. That's number. Um, he was number five. He was number five. Um, there wasn't. Oh, a was num- he the point guard? Number yeah, five. The, uh, number five. Yeah, they, they are the two point guards, Patrick and Simon. Yeah, but the one that predominantly brought the ball up was number five. He's good. I, you know, I, I, he was guarding me a, couple, a week ago. He can defend. He's a good player, yeah. and he's quick. Yeah, and you know what? I, I didn't watch too much of that game, but um, this was handball. Mm-hmm. So they've just won Sabah Div 1. Yep. And they were playing, I would say, an early pre-season friendly against the Force. Um, but it was, I think you were playing against six or seven of the team, I think. Quite Something a few like of that. them, yeah. But, um, I mean, I was just looking at it going... You know what? This isn't a bad test because a lot of the handball guys are ex-National League. A yeah. lot of them are, actually, I think. Yeah, quite um, a few, yeah. <laughs> so it was a good test. And you know what? It's I almost... Uh, Steve Davison was watching the game with me and we were agreeing that, like, you've got some handball players who we think could probably play National League still. I, I mean, when you're comparing the two teams in that it, game, if you look at Mark Jackson, I mean, how old is he? 46, 46. 47. I, I, I just shake my head. Great passer I, 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 the I ball, don't, he? I don't know how he does it. Yeah, I really don't know how he does it. Well, let's um, get into it the other episode. Yeah, we'll get well, him on. They'll get him on. There we go. Minute. So, you know, the Solent Kestrels. Um, I was just trying to work out what the score is. I think they won by. 18? I think it was 18. Um, Did you hear what I said at the end of the game? Maybe not. (laughs) I was like, I'm sure we can all agree that basketball was the winner today. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Genuinely, though, it's lovely to see that that the South Coast has more than one team. I was going to say that. And and that's... Football... We've said it, there's certain rivalries. I don't like football anyway, but when you have sports like rugby and other ones, and, and like the NBA, you can go to a game, you can sit right next to someone who's wearing a completely different jersey. doesn't matter. You yeah. can talk, have a little bit of banter, but there's no malice or anything Absolutely. like that. And everyone's there on the court or off the court because they love the game. Yeah. And that's that's the win. And so having, you know, whether it's like Solent City as it's recognised by the government, where it's, I think, from just on the edge of like Limington sort of area, yeah. right down to past Hailing, almost near Selsey. That's like Solent City, they class yeah. it as. There's, it's one of the most populous places in the country, believe it or not. And there's clearly room for two high-level national league teams, yep. you know, to have following and, and to, you know, to just promote basketball. That's always going to be a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and perhaps maybe more. I know it'd be nice to see Whiteley, the Whiteley Warriors. Yeah. I think they're on the path. I don't know how how many years they'll be away to get oh, Winchester's got a National League program yeah. to, a, to a degree and as well. The, yeah, they were the others. I mean, and they're pretty successful. Yep. 
Um, but it's something but, I want to get into because the word that keeps coming up with Ryan constantly is program. Ah. Constantly keeps coming up okay. because everything's about that, isn't it? You're yeah, starting, absolutely. you're starting them here. You're bringing them through. There's people who've played together. They're not to play together. You guys have played together. Then you've played against each other. You know, but everyone all comes from these like, ecosystems. Yeah. And it's all about the development and coming through. Wow, it's kicking off out there. It, it West City, isn't it? Welcome to City. This is like New York. Jeez, they, so, someone wants to let out that Ryan was out of the ports of basketball podcast and they're trying to like stop people from getting in the door. You reckon? Yeah. Shutting the place down. But you know what? We, we have been talking about this, about when we started this podcast, it was very much uh, Ports of Basel podcast about the force and the area. And quite quickly, we're turning this into a, well, we need to kind of include the wider area of, you know, Bogner, Solent, Winchester, Whiteley, and, and all these other clubs yeah. and, and, and branch that out. But when you look at when we looked at the, the Portsmouth one, um, very quickly because we can wrap into this from the, the other one. But you know, a lot of the players went to Worthing when Portsmouth Basketball FC wrapped up, yeah. and Worthing Bears formed, and all the stuff that goes on there. Then people went to Brighton, people went everyone. You know, they all everyone travels and then goes in circles, and it it Absolutely. all stems from this. I want to say Central South Coast sort of area. It's like the whole of us should all be chatting yeah you know we'll get into it with people like mick such massive influences that they've touched everyone in those sort of areas and and nationally yeah and 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 you know what i i know i am very pro, pro portsmouth you know that you know I, a lot of people uh you know support their area but i always like i've said on this podcast in an ideal world we'll be in the top league Keshaws will be in the top league. Whiteley, Bogner will all be in the top league. Competing. That for me would be perfect. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the players would love it because they wouldn't have to travel far. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Those minibus journeys. But uh, yeah. yeah, they were good fun. Right. Well, anyway, so the Mick Byrne um, annual. It's, is it memorial. definitely every year now? Yeah, I think oh, so. I hope so. Yeah, I it think was so. Great. That was a great. That was a great, was a great thing to do. And I think next year it's going to be. Uh, Keshaw's great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and we'll go out there. That'd be re that's really good. That's um, definitely worth a travel. So, yeah. So, I mean, Kestrel's won the first the first game and they've got the, the cup. Really nice cup, actually. Um, I, actually, seeing the cup actually, oddly, just made me re emotional when I saw it. And I just Bit couldn't. Bit of you died I, inside. I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't look at it. It was kind of like, oh, man. Like, you know, just thinking of Mick and stuff. But, um, you know, they won the game. Look forward to next year when Ports of Force can see if they can get it back and um, that's good to have a little to and fro absolutely yeah South Coast Derby keep it going also on the next episode we will have Ryan Payne returning officially representing himself himself this time the world of Ryan Payne great inside the mind it was great to get your aspect on that game Ryan so yeah thanks for, oh, thanks for that Ryan appreciate that there you go Mark there's the music there's some music well that was the end of this episode. Tune in for the next one where we're going to be interviewing Ryan himself and we're going to go through that. But until then, wherever you're listening and whenever you are, thank you very much. Bye.